Welcome to Running an Obstacle Race Train. I'm your host, Jeff Bennett, and I've been running and doing obstacle race training for many, many years, to include the 22 years I was in the Army and the 15 years since I've been retired. Happy to share experiences and interview other such athletes to kind of motivate us to keep going and finish the course. This program is brought to you currently by Red Bike Publishing. Books and training. Also brought to you by Mission Driven Research. Mission Driven Research is a growing company providing technical services to the U.S. federal government. MDR strives to provide excellent service to our customers, employees, and community. And they also happen to sponsor me and my races. If you'd like to get in touch with us, contact us at editor at redbikepublishing.com. That's editor at R-E-D-B-I-K-E publishing.com. And again, welcome. And my name is Jeff, and I also go by Run in Mud. And we're going to talk about ultra running. As I talked about in my first podcast, most of my emphasis since about 2008 has been OCR racing, where we run the standard 5K to 10K course. And sometimes there's some 13 milers in there, some odd distances with some of the Spartan races, hurricane heats, or beasts that have different distances, as well as tough mudders with their different distances. And, of course, the OCR World Championships and OCR North American Championships that have different distances. So it appears that, you know, endurance racing, whether it's in OCR or in running or other events, is taking more popularity. And as of late, I've been focusing on ultra marathons or ultra running. And I'll tell you about those experiences and how I've tried to implement them in my OCR training. So far... It's been an exhausting effort, so I feel like I need to pick one or the other. But I'm gonna let you a little bit know about, let you know a little bit about my experience, so maybe you can tailor your training for that. I decided to begin with because my buddies that I've been running with, I have a set of running buddies and a set of OCR buddies. My obstacle course racing buddies I only see at races as they live in Georgia and other areas of the country. And I and we get together and have a good time at the races. But the most of the people I run with lately and spend time with in putting miles on the road or on the trails are exclusive runners. So I get to lament to them my challenges of running and doing body weight exercises or grip training. And sometimes I can do one or the other, but not both. For example, when I was doing CrossFit, I was trying to put a lot of miles in with CrossFit, and that didn't work out very well as I was exhausted much of the time. And I did running with ninja training, and so I had to quit the ninja training because it was interfering with the running, which I had preferred to do. Because in my mind, um, the faster you are, the more likely you are to win an OCR race. However, if you can't do the obstacles, doesn't matter how fast you are because you're going to be a DNF because you keep falling off the rig. So it's important to incorporate both. I'm trying to, again, fill out how do you incorporate both. So there are probably people smarter than me, and I imagine I will get there. 
Either way, I'm so glad you're joining us and on this podcast, and maybe you can learn something from what we're doing. So let's talk about marathons and ultra distances. I decided to run a marathon after training for OCR many, many years. And after running with my running buddies, they were signing up for the Rocket City Marathon, which occurred, I think, December 15th, 2018, I believe. And I had not run a marathon since 1991 was my last one. And I ran a marathon in 1990 and 1991. At the time, Runner's World magazine said, if you can put in 26 miles a week for six months straight, you should be able to finish a marathon. So that sounds logical, and so that's what I did. With that and idea and very little other training, other than maybe swimming and army physical training that I had to do, I set out to train for my first and second marathon. My first marathon, I remember I I did it without drinking any water or taking on any nutrition. And back then, marathons were a frustrating endeavor because if you walked, it was a sign of weakness. So you're grinding out this race, or at least I was, about six to seven minute miles per hour for the first 18 miles before I bonked. I was sure to finish a two and a half marathon at that pace, but no way I could sustain it. And so I ended up with a 357 pace. And so that was that run. I, I barely remember it. It was in Fulda, Germany, and I ran it when I was stationed in the Army. And I ran it on sheer determination. The next year, I went back and ran the same course. A little bit slower, maybe a little bit wiser, but the time was about the same. So here we are, 18 years later, and I decided to run a marathon again. The weekend prior um, to registration, I ran 18 miles just to see if I could do it. I had been running 13 miles in, in training. That's probably my furthest distance. And I had in my head that I was going to run 13 miles. And once I got to 13 miles, my body shut down. So I didn't think I could run a full marathon. So I went to test it, see if it was mental. So that day I said, I'm running 18. And I had no problem running 18. But after 18, my body shut down. So I imagine this applied to the marathon. So the marathon came, marathon day. And I was nervous because it was in December and it was raining. And I was worried about the cold. Um... Turned out that I worried more than the cold was a factor. I bought a really nice raincoat. It was, I guess, a, um, can't remember the name of it, but it was, I don't know, um, kept me warm, kept me dry. I believe it's called the Outdoor Research Men's Helium 2. That was it. And I liked it. It had a hood on it. And it was really easy to wear. It was a lightweight. And I could tuck my hands up in there so that they stayed dried as well. And I was talking to one of my running buddies. I said, you know, back in 1990 and 1991, I ran a couple of marathons. I bonked out, not sure what to do now. He said, take six goo packets and pin them to your waistband in your shorts. And every hour, take a goo packet and... You know, chew on it for about a mile and then throw it away. The next hour, grab another one. And also what you want is some salt stick electrolyte plus tabs. Take some every hour with some water. 
And I said, okay, I'll sustain a nutritious uh, training plan, a nutrition training plan, and I'll try it out before the run to see how it does. And so I uh, about a week before the race, and right after I did my 18 miles, I did a little bit of training with the uh, supplements or with the nutrition. I was tapering off my week, and, but increasing my carb intake. I was trying to do, I guess, about 80% carbs and some protein on there. And I did about 12 to 14 miles throughout the week. Um, and then for my for, at the morning of the marathon, I set my alarm to wake up at 4 so I could eat a sandwich, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and then go back to bed. And then I got up again finally at 5.15 and grabbed my gear. Grab my. Um, I was sponsored by Mission Driven Research, and so grab my shirt that I was supposed to wear, and my raincoat and a pair of gloves, and um, we hung out at the race venue inside of the Von Braun Civic Center until race start. So we only spent about 10-15 minutes out on the start line waiting for the race to go. So that was good. And what I'd never seen before, at least in the 80s, was that there are pacers out there. Some of you might know that already, but. You line up behind these guys holding up a sign indicating at what pace they are going to run. And they're going to run that steady pace. And so if you wish to run that pace, run with them. So I lined up behind where I thought I was going to run. I was going for a 3.45 and end up moving back to about the four-hour time. I found some pacers at the four-hour time because these 3.45 folks just went on without me. Um, so... I met some people on the way, had a good time. What I noticed was, you know, in trail racing and in marathon racing, it's okay to talk during the race. In a 5K or 10K, that's unheard of. But I met some people. I met somebody running their 111th marathon. And I thought, wow, this is my first one since 1991. Um, and he says, you picked this to be your first one since then? Implying that it was difficult. I said, aren't all marathons difficult? So, uh Apparently, there are harder marathons and not-so-hard marathons, apparently. So I'm learning about all of that. Uh, I hope to get better at the marathons and to be able to um, run faster, smarter, harder. So, you know, as I, as I go about doing these marathons um, and doing my ultra-marathon training... I'm going to get smarter. I'm going to ask more questions about it. So after that marathon, my buddies started talking about ultra marathons, doing 50Ks. I said, well, that sounds interesting. I like to do an ultra marathon. Of course, never having run more than uh, 26.2, I had no idea what to expect. So I got involved in one of the runs that was kind of a fun run, if you say, called uh, Recover from the Holidays. And this fun run would, I don't know, um, is at a new location, and it, it was at a land trust. And I guess it was multiple uh, laps around a three to five mile course. I think we got about 2,100 miles of elevation in the trails. There are low areas, and there are um, hilly areas. And that's where I learned that it was okay to walk. Where I ran my marathon the, the, the few weeks prior without even walking at all, 
My first 50K recover from the holidays was on December 31st, 2018, just a couple weeks later. And um, I really enjoyed that one. But at some point, it hurt really bad. My I had three goals. One was to run it without walking. And the second goal was to get it under six hours. And the third goal was just to finish it. I ended up making my third goal because I learned a lot about myself that race. Uh, one, it, it, you should walk, especially going up hills to conserve energy. And so I made about three laps without having to walk. But after that, I had to do a lot of recovery. And I had to change the way I did my nutrition. But I learned a lot about myself. And I built confidence in my ability to be able to finish this 50K. And then finally, I signed up for another one. It was called the um, Mountain Mist. And it's here in Huntsville, Alabama as well. And it is in a nice park, and it's up on the mountain. And there's about 3,500 feet of elevation in this 30 in this 31 mile run or this 50k. Learned a lot about myself there as well. Ended up running it in about seven hours and 10 minutes, almost the same time, I guess I did in the previous 50k. And I really learned about um, trail running from this race. I had done trail running before, trail running before, and it was a lot of fun. But this trail was very technical, at least for me. Couldn't run up it a lot, not because I was tired, just because I couldn't get good footing. And of course, going downhill, I had to walk as well. And I was hoping to have been able to jog or run a lot of it. So it took me about seven hours and ten minutes, as I mentioned before. It taught me that I really need to learn how to run. Uh, having run on pavement most of my life, trail running was a new skill. And I just didn't realize how bad it was. I knew a little bit because I know I can run in in a competition. Uh, a 10K, I can run a 10K, let's just say, in 46 minutes. However, that same 10K over a Spartan race or another obstacle race will take about hour and a half to two hours because my pace slows down a lot as I run through pastures and trails. So I knew it would slow down a little bit, but I did not realize how frustrating it was. Well, I knew I had a lot of reserves in the tank. I just could not run because it was too technical. So I'm planning my future races to be in less technical areas. And so, you know, I've got a race coming up called the Strolling Gym, and it's 41 and a half miles. And it's going to be on a road, and I'm looking forward to it. It's going to have elevation, but it's not going to be really technical. So let's talk a little bit about um, mixing endurance racing with obstacle course racing and I did this last month in a bone frog Talladega so the bone frog OCR organization came to Alabama and they set up another year at the Talladega International Speedway and they have a loop that goes around outside the speedway and multiple laps inside the speedway it's not laps around the track it's just up and down the infield of the track and it's uh, the endurance is the one I did, and it's for six and a half hours. Uh, you run and run, and the goal for me was to make the last lap by the cutoff of six hours, so I could run one more lap. And I thought I might be able to get eight or nine laps in, but again, I learned something about myself. Um, 
we ran a, about a seven-mile lap on the outside, which had about 30 or 40 obstacles in it. And then um, three-mile loops on the inside of the track, which had more obstacles. I guess at the end of it, I did 100 to 200 obstacles over the 26 miles that I ended up running. Well, what was funny was I had done all this raining, training with running distances, but what did me in was the multiple um, walls we had to climb over and the multiple rigs and the hand grips that we that we had to go through. And that ended up wearing me out so that non-runners were able to complete the 26 miles or the same distance as I was over the um, six and a half to seven hours that it took me to do it. So there's a sweet spot somewhere where I need to be faster on the obstacles and have more endurance so that my strength of running will set me above them, but I haven't found that yet. So that was very challenging. I am currently focusing on the ultra running, and I'm ultra running, and I'm putting some goals in the future to um, next year to do a hundred kilometers, uh, one or two one hundred kilometers races, and with 2021 being my year for doing a hundred miler. Some of my goals include. Blackwater 100K, and also like to go to CCC, the little sister to the UTMB in Europe, and run along the Alps for their 100K. And that will take a lot of trail running experience, and I've got a lot of mountains around here to practice at. Again, those are some goals that I'm working towards, and um, they may be different than yours. They may be the same, but I'm hoping to learn from everyone out here as well as share my journey on this podcast and I appreciate you listening and I'd love to hear some feedback at editor at redbikepublishing.com you can also follow our blog which is runninmud.blogspot.com and again we'd love to have you visit love to have you leave your comments and maybe suggestions for future podcasts thanks again for being here and Go reach your goals. Go out there and do what you love to do. Thank you again for joining us for our podcast. Again, it's brought to you by Red Bike Publishing, www.redbikepublishing.com, and Mission Driven Research. MDR exists to glorify God by providing excellent support to our customers treating employees better in every way, empowering employees to serve their neighbors in a radical way, and directing a minimum of 10% of all profits to mission-supporting activities through our partnership with Mission Driven Ministries.